Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Coming up after storming to a British university sprint title and reaching the national 60 metre final, we catch up with Joe Chadwick about his recent achievements and his ambitions for the summer and beyond. Always been one of my goals to get a vest and run for GB. This year's more of like a statement season and put myself on the radar for British athletics and like hoping that they can see that or at me as a possibility for the future. It's been a big week for motorsport in Guernsey. We'll look back at the return of the rally and hear from Seb Prio about what's coming up for him, including a maiden outing in one of the world's most famous races. It's a dream for me, dream come true. I mean, I never thought I'd do Le Mans, um, you know, at such a young age, really. It's something that I've, I've watched my father do many times, but it's not something I thought I'd do for a long time, if ever, because it's very privileged to do that race. Also closer to home, Guernsey now has its first outdoor and adventure sports development officer Alan Jenner has taken up the role and has been telling us what he's hoping to achieve. The idea or the plan that um, I'd like to try and achieve is a water skills academy so we have a base a stepping stone for the community to uh, to do whatever they want to do in their their um, activities adventures. We'll also talk rugby football and plenty more besides I'm sure. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr alongside me this week is Gareth the Prevo. Hi Tony. And Jamie Ingle. Hi Tony. Great to see you guys. Lots going on at the moment which is uh, awesome to see. Um, let's start with the 2022 Comprop Guernsey rally though shall we what an event it was um, incredible amount of organization to get it on and after two years away uh, the crews certainly didn't hold anything back Craig Roberts and Chris Gill ended the weekend as the top Guernsey crew with a class victory and sixth overall that was after local favorites Dale Crowsley and Will Rutherford crashed out on the Saturday uh, but once again the guys to beat were the top seeds from Jersey Ross Lanoa and Dominic Volante who've now won all four Guernsey rallies stage so far and they seem to enjoy every moment of being back on our roads first of all how does it feel to win four from four uh, absolutely brilliant four 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 guernsey rallies and four times winners so yeah absolutely amazing and then yeah, talk us through the weekend then obviously it's been a couple of years since you've driven on these roads um because of the pandemic but uh yeah what did you make of the setup the course the stages setup absolutely brilliant but trying to work our way around the island again is like yeah it's like starting all over again after obviously we did it uh, three years we got used to the roads and missing it a year we're like where are we going and obviously today we're like kind of got used to the roads and road sections and yeah timings everything's spot on does it differ much to, to what you face in jersey yeah totally different over here is tight compared to back home but it's it's a perfect setup you know it's you kind of get to the corners and you think what's around the corner sort of thing back home we kind of know the routes and over a couple of years you kind of know where you're going almost without notes but over here you need notes 100% yeah, and obviously you, you've come back after that break so you've so you managed to come yeah well we'll come back here until they stop the Guernsey rally it's an awesome challenge um, obviously they support us back home in Jersey so we, all we can do is come here and support them and um, take their rally winning championship <laughs> so Dominic Valanti speaking to me after uh, the Guernsey rally. Jamie, you were out covering it as well uh, over the weekend. It was it's a terrific event. And uh, yeah, I know that there are some objections to, um, to, to what goes on with it uh, from neighbours and whatnot. But the amount of organisation and the, the, the kind of thoroughness of the, um, the organisation is so impressive. And, and yeah, just well done to everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you say there are some objections, there will be. But I'd say generally the island community really seems to embrace the event and it was quite well supported throughout. I had the pleasure of watching the 
double hairpin at Petit Bow, which is quite eventful. Uh, it, it really showcased the skill of the drivers who could get through that successfully because it's very tricky and it's right in front of the spectator point. So, uh, yeah, quite a lot of people enjoyed that pleasure. Lots of eyes on that. Yeah, I was filming uh, up there for a bit and then went down to the bottom of the hill at Petit Bow to film the cars coming around the cafe down there. And, um, yeah, I mentioned Del Crozy and Will Rutherford crashing out. Saw saw that crash happen. Uh, yeah, it was pretty unfortunate. Um yeah, we caught up with Dale afterwards and he, he basically, yeah, he said he couldn't do much about it. It was a, a mechanical uh, issue that basically saw him or saw them go straight into the wall uh, and make a, a fairly large hole in it. Um, so that was really a, a real shame to see because they were going so well. Um, they'd been right on the pace on the Friday evening for the uh, the opening stages. And yeah, as I say, they were they were right in contention um, going to Saturday. As a, you know, We've had four Jersey winners, but it does seem like the Guernsey cars are getting closer and closer. Yeah, well, Saturday they're winning the majority of the stages. So it is really really unfortunate that they had their crash and uh, they came out of it smiling it's a good it's a, it shows that it's a very friendly sport really but uh, yeah hopefully in future years we can sort of crack into that jersey and england dominance because yeah the top five drivers were all jersey of the uk yeah and some impressive machines on show i spoke to um, tim lalasher uh, ahead of it uh, he, he spent four years putting together his uh, his ford escort i don't know if it's a mark one or two i think a mark one uh, the, the rally aficionados will should be quick to correct me if i'm wrong um but yeah some fine looking machines uh, out on the roads and um yeah, just a, a great fun weekend overall and a real um, strong sense of community, I think, in the in the rally um, sort of uh, sphere. Um, uh, yeah, they, they do come together very well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to next year already, I have to say. Um, some more motorsport news, some big motorsport news that broke uh, just as the rally was getting underway on Friday came from Seb Prio. Um, what a year he has ahead of him. It was confirmed he'll be driving in the FIA World Endurance Championship. So following in his father Andy's footsteps. And that will involve making his debut in the world-famous 24 Hours of Le Mans. Something huge for Seb to look forward to there. Here's what he told me about the news. Yeah, I mean, this year is my biggest year of my life. You know, it's a world championship. Um, it's something that I haven't ever done before. Uh, it's a, you know, it's something that is, is, is new to me. Also, you know, doing Le Mans, like 24 Hours, is, is massive. So, you know, that's, that's the sort of stuff I'm doing this year. It's going to be endurance, you know, endurance racing um, in a Porsche 911. So that's that's going to be it's going to be fun and I'm excited for it. Yeah, to compete in a world championship at such a young age, um, how special and how exciting is that? Oh, I mean, it's a dream for me, dream come true. I mean, I never thought I'd do Le Mans, um, you know, at such a young age. Really, it's something that I've, I've watched my father do many times, but it's not something I thought I'd do for a long time, if ever, because it's very privileged to do that race. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm so happy and and so kind of buzzing for this year that I. I can't actually believe it. it doesn't feel it's not surreal for me at the moment but I'm really excited for, for the year ahead amazing and it's come off the back of um, that victory in the Porsche Carrera Cup North America uh, how much confidence will you take from that you know with a championship victory to your name you know going into a new series it's it's really nice to have that behind me it gives you a bit of that extra confidence like yeah I can do this I can I can be a champion but every year is different um, this year, you know, I'm in a Porsche 911 RSR with quite a bit more downforce. Um, a little bit well, more. It's a proper race car. This one. I mean, with the Carrera Cup car, it was more of um, it was a race car, but more of the you know uh, stock car, you know, like on the Porsche road car side. So this this for me is is, is big, and I need to adapt a little bit to the car. Um, but I, yeah, I've got a lot of confidence in myself that we can win this World Championship for sure. Yeah, as I say, still at such a young age, you've. you've 
I mean, you've already acquired lots of experience in lots of different kinds of racing, lots of different, um, lots of different vehicles. But how big a challenge is this going to be compared to what you've done before? So yeah, you know, I've, I've done yeah, like you said, I've been quite a few cars now. But it's a big challenge. It's something that um, you know my dad has done. You know this kind of racing, and it's tough. You know, it's it's not easy. And there's professional drivers throughout. You know, this is not just some professional drivers and you know a couple of AMs. This is proper racing. Um, this is like uh, top as high as it gets. You know, it's the second most. Uh, I think it's the biggest championship apart from F1, really, to be honest. Um, apart from NASCAR and all that, but it's it's close. It's a big championship. So to be competing in this championship is is uh, an honour, really. And it's not just an exciting time in terms of heading into a new championship. We've also had some extra recognition, I think, from the BRDC, which is um, um, pretty significant for you. Yeah, I mean, to be a superstar um, on the BRDC, you know, chosen by people like David Coulthard and Dar Darren Warwick, um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's big. You know, I'm, I can't believe it. It's, it's, it's a big thing for me. Um, but I'm a rising star currently. But to be the step up, to be noticed by the club, um, you know, worldwide, people like Lewis Hamilton are members on there. So uh, it's just really, really special for me to, to be able to, to, to do it and, and put that on my overalls, really. Yeah, awesome. And you're still going to have the Guernsey flag on your helmet heading into the, the World Endurance? For sure. I'm actually thinking about changing my design, but still keeping the Guernsey flag on there. Um, but I'm thinking about just changing it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm going to keep the Guernsey flag as always. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's going to stay with me. But like I said, it's, it's a big year for me and I need, uh, I need some Guernsey support. So it'd be nice to, to come back. I've won Le Mans and I'm, I'm here. So yeah. Oh, we'd love to see it. And um, one of your teammates, Harry Tinknell, is someone your dad knows very well, he's raced with. How nice is it to have someone, I suppose, that's kind of close to your family and that, 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 that you're very comfortable with on the team heading into what is, yeah, kind of, a, I suppose, a, a new um, unknown for you? Yeah, we're, we're like brothers, you know, kind of thing. So he's going to mentor me, teach me. And it's just nice to be able to, to have someone I know in my team. Uh, Harry has won Le Mans twice now, so he knows how to win this race. Uh, I've never done Le Mans, but, you know, it's, I've got to learn. There's only one way to learn, that's to do it. So I'm, I'm going to be giving it everything I've got. And to have Harry alongside me, um, it's quite special because my dad also teach, taught him how to be how he is right now. So it's, it's quite a special thing. Seb Prio speaking to me uh, last week about the news that we'll be driving in the World Endurance Championship. Uh, yeah, a full-fledged world championship. Um, he's going to be driving for Proton Racing, um, you know, on behalf of his, um, I suppose, his professional team, which is Multimatic Motorsports, but a sort of a partner team of them, um, which is owned and operated, I think, by Patrick Dempsey of a TV show fame. I can't remember which, um, which one we were it is. We were trying to sort this out, weren't we? I think, is it Grey's Anatomy he was <laughs> yeah, part of? Be. He's a very famous face, but I can never remember which, um, which American drama he was part of. But yeah, it's, um, it's obviously great news for Seb. Um, I mean, his. I mean, obviously, he showed a lot of promise at a very early age, and on the local sort of karting scene and whatever. But his career is just the the curve, the trajectory it's on is just phenomenal. I mean, he's gone from being the first ever Porsche Carrera Cup North America champion to now, you know, got Le Mans lined up for this this year and um, driving on the international world stage. So it shows just just how talented a lad he is, and fair play to him for doing what he's doing at such a young age. Yeah, definitely, it's really cool to see uh, to see what he's achieving and. Um, I mean, pretty special, I'm sure, for Andy as well to to be seeing um, seeing what he's doing. And, and and yeah, you know, Andy's driven at Le Mans um, uh, well, a few times, obviously um, driven in the World Endurance Championship. So I'm sure he's going to be an incredibly proud moment. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a lot later in Andy's career. I mean, obviously, Andy achieved a hell of a lot by the time he sort of got to that level. But I mean, Seb's 
early 20s. And so, you know, I mean, when you consider the length of career you can have as a motorsport driver, it's it's amazing what he's already done and um, uh, fair play to him for, for that. And, yeah, there's so much more to look forward to. And fingers crossed he, he goes well this season, first time at that level. It gets underway pretty soon. Um, I think the first round is at Sebring uh, over in the US uh, in just a couple of weeks' time. So I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty more coverage uh, on the podcast and in the, uh, the pages of the Guernsey Press ahead of that one. Um, looking forward to seeing how well Seb goes there. Um, right, that's it for part one. Coming up next, we'll be hearing from Joe Chadwick. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, then do give us a rating or a review, or even better, give us a share on social media. Let all your friends know. And if you're not already, make sure to hit subscribe or follow uh, wherever you get your shows to get every episode delivered straight to you. Now, it's been an eye-catching couple of weeks for Guernsey sprinter Joe Chadwick. Uh, he finished the indoor season by taking gold in the British Universities Championship in a new island record, and then followed that up with a similar time for fifth place in the national championships. It all bodes extremely well for the outdoor season, where island records are also sure to be under serious threat. Uh, a little earlier on, Jamie and I caught up with Joe and began by asking him how he reflects on the last few weeks. It's difficult. Like I always I look into the results quite a lot. I think about them. I look at the performance and the execution. And like I, I feel like I know where I can be. And like even though like I can stand back and accept like, you know, this is a big step forward, like definitely in the right direction. Like I look at, for example, like the back end of my Bucks race was really good. And then the back end of my champs race was really bad. When I started champs was really good. So it's like, you can't expect me to not be disappointed. The fact that I haven't like put them two together, but like, it, I mean, it's, it's early on. Like I've, I've, it's my first season probably doing 60 and uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's great to hear that. You, even though, you know, obviously you've come away with the victory at the Bucks and, and, and got to a national final um, indoors that, that, yeah, you're still, you're seeing the kind of um, the room for improvement. And clearly there's a lot of ambition there to go faster. Is there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I feel like the day that I'm actually like genuinely content with athletics is the day that like I just, I, I won't do it. So it's like I'm nowhere near, nowhere near that at all. Like, I feel like I've still got a lot to prove to myself. I guess, I guess Bucks is one thing, but then being at, yeah in a national final, um, what was it like to be in that environment? Um, I, I, I guess it's a, a new experience. I mean, did did you find it? You kind of it got extra out of you, or were there a few nerves to overcome? I, I don't know. Like, I mean we finished bucks and i had a chat with my coach and he was like look we've come here we've ticked the box you got the win here now let's go to champs and just see what we can do um i wouldn't say it was nervous like i absolutely like loved like the, the entire environment that it was in like i've never performed in front of like a crowd that like paid out of their own pocket to sit down and watch athletics and like you could you could tell the difference like on your mark set silence like absolutely nothing you could hear a pin drop it was just such an awesome experience and like officials that like seemed reasonably happy to be there for once, which, <laughs> which was, which was nice. Um, it's just like, I, like I really enjoyed the competition and I love, like I haven't before, well, the last couple of weeks, I haven't raced much in the last two years and I forgot how much I enjoyed competing. Like I always used to think I wasn't a competitive person, but I'm definitely following my parents' footsteps because like I absolutely love racing. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned your coach there. I think it'd be a good opportunity to speak about your new setup at Loughborough because I understand you're now coached by uh, Joseph, Joseph McDonnell, who also coaches Amy Hunt. So obviously you've got like a world uh, junior record holder in your ranks. What has that done for you so far, do you think? Yeah, I mean, Joe's, yeah, Joe, Joe's great. I mean, we literally came across, I mean, my, my coach last year left, like suddenly I was kind of left with no one to sort something out. And um, and I started talking to Joe and we had a conversation. And stuff. It didn't start off because he's Irish and uh, it started off with me meeting him in a Welsh court, is it? So, um, yeah, not a great start, but like, I mean, he, 
he's great because he, he he puts his athletes like mental health first like he always makes sure that you're okay like where other coaches will like really push their athletes to the limit like week in week out he understands the consistency and the enjoyment is what gets results and you can clearly see that because like he keeps a very tight-knit group he's got a good relationship with all of his athletes and it's definitely helped me and like put into perspective you know i'm i'm reasonably hard on myself in training and he can see that so he can see that he doesn't need to be that like that factor that keeps me disciplined because he knows that that's already there so he just makes sure that i'm okay in myself and like he does the same with other ones i mean yeah i mean amy had a, had a great indoor season like and obviously I've seen what she's done on paper outdoors and I know she's got a lot more to come. So training with people like that is, yeah, it's, it's educational because like she knows a lot about the sport and she's been brought up through the system. So, I mean, I'm always learning a lot, which is kind of the entire point of it. So yeah, that's no, good. Yeah, that's awesome. And I remember watching you um, a few years ago winning gold over 100 metres in Gibraltar. Um, how much w w was that a moment that, that kind of, uh, I guess, sort of set you on the path to what you're doing now? Was, was, that, was that something that gave you a lot of confidence at the time? Uh, yeah, Island Games was, again, like something, you know, like a great experience. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, and while it was great to win, I feel like I had that little bit inside of me that was like, you know, I looked at the time and I looked at like where that would actually put me in the UK and I wasn't like content again. Like it, it's not where I want to be. Like I don't just want to be winning like Island Games and things like that. I want to be making a statement on a national and then further an international scene. Like that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be competing. And those are the people I want to be competing against. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a great step. What well, I was 17 when that happened, like take it in my stride. But like, I mean, yeah, definitely like looking to make more of an impact in the bigger scenes. Actually, speaking about your recent times you've done over 60 metres, I understand you're actually only about five hundredths of ever second off uh, world indoors qualifying time. I mean, has that given you a lot of confidence that you can maybe get to that stage in the near future? I kind of see qualifying times as like that first hurdle you got to get through. But it, the difficult bit is competing against the other athletes that have also got that time. You know, quite a few people have gone sub that. And it's about being in that top two kind of like, or at least proving to British athletics that you deserve to be there and you can compete. Um, so I don't really, yeah, I mean, personally, I don't see that as like the benchmark to get somewhere because that's never what the time that's going to get you there. It's going to be the people that you have to be around that time that get you there. So that is like back to competing, like that pressure that I, I just love um, performing in. Um, and like that's that's kind of the mark for me, like seeing other people, seeing them and wanting to wanting to beat them. Yeah, I mean, you're clearly very ambitious. What, what, what? I mean, what is the target sort of outdoors this season and beyond? I mean, do you feel like you can get to to be sort of a significant player on the national stage and, and further afield? I mean, this season, it's the first season where I've really like started to understand the mechanics of sprinting. And as far as like you know, like it's always been one of my goals to get a vest and run for GB. In terms of under 23s, there actually I don't think is any opportunities unless I went bucks outdoors. Um, other than that, there isn't any. There's no Europeans or under 23 worlds or stuff. So, uh, so next year, because I still have a year, a middle year under 23. So I have next year under 23. This year is more of like a statement season and put myself on the radar for British athletics and like hoping that they can see that or at me as a possibility for the future. Yeah, amazing. And, and you know, closer to home, I guess one man who'll be uh, sweating a bit seeing those times is Tom Drews. Um, <laughs> how, how big a marker is that in your in your mind to kind of uh, to wipe those records from the books? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to say, it, say, it, say, it, say it nicely. Um, like, again, like there is that, you know, Tom's Tom has been there from the start for me. Like he's, without him, I, I do question like my commitment to the sport. 
but you know he's been there and he's always been there for me um but that does make it that little bit sweeter that is his records that I'm chasing. <laughs> um and i mean yeah i mean you can't say anything yet because it's not done till it's done but like i'm very excited to challenge them in summer it's really cool as well that that, that you're doing what you're doing we've got abby um galpin on the women's side as well um you know producing some fantastic performances i mean how much sort of extra drive do you get from from sort of representing Guernsey and from knowing that you know that, that, that actually the club as a whole has produced some really good athletes in recent times and and, and people doing some really impressive stuff it's really funny because I feel like my training partners think I'm the only person in Guernsey <laughs> and then when we when we show up when we show up to a meet and I say hi to like Abby and stuff they're like oh who's that how do you know I was like oh I just have a Guernsey girl and they're like well, there's more than one person in Guernsey <laughs> so I get get quite a lot of chat for it I mean it's like I've been speaking to people loads about it recently. Like the fact that we are such a small island in comparison to like numbers and like the quality of athletes that we're producing at the moment is like, you look at like, you look at Dale Garland and Tom Drews, like, you know, Dale went to the Olympics, like as the, as the fifth man for the relay, like Tom's a Commonwealth athlete. And you'd think like, you know, we're not going to see athletes like this in Guernsey for like a long time. And the next generation that come along, you've got Cam Chalmers representing GB at the Olympics. You've got Alla running sub 50 and four hurdles like so close to Dale's record it's like I mean it is inspiring for me like it, it just shows that like you know we're fighting for something here and like we have a good team that's going to you know gonna hopefully do well in the future yeah fantastic and of course we've got an island games um next year I know obviously you said that, you know your ambitions kind of stretch beyond that but that must be a, a big target to to come back and, and and hopefully you know maybe double up 100 200 and then and then the relay as well yeah, I mean, I was really disappointed not to win the two because, like, the two is like my favorite event personally. Like, that, that's what that's what I really enjoy, and um, like, I'm yeah, definitely that two hundred. I, I I did miss out, and I was very disappointed about it. It's like it could have been so good. Like, it could have been four gold medals. I'd have been well happy, but no, it had to be three and one <laughs> silver. And like, that's just the kind of like mindset that I go into these things with. So uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what the see what the future brings. You've mentioned this season for you will be like a statement season and you'll be trying to impress British athletics with your results. Um, have you sort of set out a roadmap in terms of what events you'll be targeting specifically like this year in the build-up to the Island Games? <laughs> I've been thinking about this a little bit, actually. Um, well, I mean, we didn't... I've always, I always saw myself as a 200 runner for the last like couple of years. Um, but throughout recent times, like my coach has really got me down and explained to me and helped me understand the start. Because my start's never been good. I've always been a back-end runner. Um, and we didn't really see the 100 as like a viable option. Like we just didn't think I had the speed from it. But obviously, like throughout recent times in the 60, it's like a possibility of putting down good times in that distance. Um, I mean, I've like dreaming away. Like I would love to take <laughs> the 60, the one and the two record in one season. And if I do that, then at the end of the season, just for a laugh, I'm going to do the 400 and see what happens. <laughs> just to like, just, just to put, I mean, like if you do it all in one season, you might as well give that one a go as well. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I think Cam's, Cam's got that one under his belt, but I'd like to put down the time and just see, you know, just see, see what happens. Well, to be fair, at the Island Games, you actually contributed to quite successful, a very successful 400 meter relay. I mean, do you think you might ever like experiment a bit more with that distance? I mean, it hurts, mate. Like, that, <laughs> that, distance, that distance really hurts. Like, yeah, no, I feel like from the kind of athlete that I am, like if I'm in good two shape, I'll be able to put together a, a good four. It's different when you start talking about championships because the fitness required to run three fours in like two days is, is something that I don't think is in the locker for me at the moment, just because the kind of training that we're doing. Like we've done a lot of speed recently throughout the 60s. And like, whereas I feel comfortable, I could put together three rounds of one, three rounds of two, like doing a 400 in a championship environment is kind of a different ball game and something that you need to start to consider probably back in winter where you need to build up that fitness. But I'm, I'm 
I'm talking about like a one or four hundred in Guernsey where I just absolutely go for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Oh, we'll look forward to seeing that for sure. And uh, look forward to seeing your progress this summer. I mean, yeah, you've had a fantastic couple of weeks. It's been uh, awesome to see. So best of luck. And I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more from you over the, the coming months and years. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. Joe Chadwick there speaking to me and Jamie a little earlier on. Uh, hugely exciting time for Guernsey Athletics on the sprint side. Um, Abby Galpin, of course, um, doing some fantastic things, breaking island records too indoors uh, this season. He's an ambitious guy, uh, Joe, isn't he? Yes. Um, one of his individual uh, traits, I'd say, is very rarely completely satisfied with a performance, which is good in a way because it's helping him like drive on to reach new levels. Uh, hopefully, yeah, he can execute that perfect race and produce some even more impressive times. But yeah, um, considering he had not raced for the best part of two seasons before just coming back and reappearing on the indoor circuit, he has been mightily impressive this season. And yeah, just uh, another um, yeah, another really impressive ambassador for, for Guernsey Athletics, speaks very well about his sport. And um, yeah, the, uh, you know, you almost sort of don't know where to look at the moment in Guernsey Athletics for, for kind of top performances. They're, they're coming all over the place. Yeah, speaking of people who are uh, yeah not easily impressed with their own uh, their own exploits, uh, Jordan Reynolds, Guernsey <laughs> uh, Raiders director of rugby, uh, you know, even when his team win romp to victory, so he, you know he, he, he sort of finds the uh, finds the things that could be worked on, the things that could be improved. But he would have enjoyed what he saw last week, Gareth. Yeah, I mean, even for him, he, he was actually quite pleased. Tony, to be fair, <laughs> it's good to hear. I mean, he he is very much a perfectionist, and he, he's never actually achieved perfection yet with his Raiders side after. A, 10 years or so of coaching him but no, last weekend they were really really good against Hinkley and uh, I think they were certainly helped by the conditions they, uh, he, he couldn't have asked for a sort of much better a nice dry sunny day at um, Foots Lane it was quite windy to start with and um, he said it was a very deliberate ploy to play into that wind because you, you don't sort of kick away possession when you're playing into the wind you just try and keep hold of the ball as much as possible and he wanted his, his players to have their hands on the ball before they got the wind at their backs or, or almost a lack of wind in the second half and they produced some really good rugby. Um, he, he certainly mentioned um, sort of their, their bonus point try, which sort of finished off the first half. It was one of the best tries you'll see. And I was, I was delighted to see the replay and realise that I'd actually got the, all the names right when I wrote my report. I mean, it's part of... Yeah, passed through a lot of hands. Well, yeah, exactly. And um, it's, it's one of those things being a, sort of like a, a, a journalist in the Channel Islands. You don't get to see replays of an awful lot of things. So you're sort of like, you're trying to make notes, sort of mental notes as moves like that are happening. Who's actually got their hands on the ball? And it, it all happens so quick. I mean, Ethan Smith made a brilliant break down the left. Charlie Davis came in support. Kieran McGann was then next up and then he threw a brilliant pass out to um, Callum Roberts on the right wing to finish it off. Just as sort of like it looked like Kieran McGann might make it and then you realise that he was going to get hauled in by um, by the covering defender but he, he threw a terrific pass and uh, Callum Roberts has got great acceleration sort of in a couple of paces. He, he sort of um, is, is in the corner. So it was, it was a great try and a really good performance. Here's what Jordan had to say to you at full time. Yeah, I thought we dominated every part of the game today, which was really good. You know, we've been a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. I always, I said to him on Tuesday, if we miss, if we have our mindset off by, you know, 10%, we seem to miss by miles. Um, and other teams are, are pretty strong if they miss by 10%. But when we're on 100%, we're really good. Yeah. I thought today we were, we were really good across the park. Yeah. But in terms of now moving forward, this obviously um, puts last week to bed pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it's... It's, it's another one of those things, though. We've got to now look forward to 
Red Roof, enjoy this and look forward to Red Roof. But you know that that was that was a massive performance from us today. And um, you know if, if you kind of think about it, when Westcliff came here and they were really short of numbers, we were learning them numbers. It was about 60 points, wasn't it? So if you think. You know, the tries we scored today, we had to be a lot more accurate to do. You know, Hinkley didn't give us any easy options there. And like I said, we got a couple of ricochets off some kicks that bounced into our hands and we scored from there. But, you know, for those first four tries, we worked really hard through through that effort. And um, if we can take some of that into Red Roof, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a good contest. And Raiders have got a big trip this weekend to Red Ruth, uh, both literally, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a long haul trip as far as their season goes, um, yeah, all the way down there to Red Ruth and, and a big game on the pitch as well, Red Ruth up in second. Yeah, Red Ruth is like, they're like the high profile club really at national two level. They're, they're always a very strong side. They're currently second in the in the division. Uh, they're only one point off the leaders, Clifton and um the last week they lost to Isha, who are another title contenders. Um, Isha actually had a couple of um, uh, uh, new faces playing for them. I believe they were Premiership low knees, so they obviously got boosted by that, and um, that's um, that's sort of that played a big part in their victory over Red Ruth. Um, so I, I think Red Ruth could be um, sort of we could have a bit of a backlash this weekend. Um, although Jordan was really pleased with how his side played last weekend, he, having spoken to him today, he's he's very much still aware of um, being nilled the last time they were on the road when they played Henley a couple of weeks ago, and he's, he's sort of like drilling into his side. He wants he wants an improvement on that performance rather than sort of like um, what happened last weekend. So it, it's going to be a tough game for for Raiders, but I mean to a degree, Red Roof are the side with all the pressure on them. They need to win if they want their sort of title ambitions uh, fulfilled. Um, so Raiders will go in as underdogs, but the weather's looking good for that one as well. And I think they'll they'll certainly be um, looking to heap as much pressure as they can on their hosts, for sure. And it's a good week all round for Guernsey Raiders last week with um, the ladies coming back from behind to, to win uh, at Footslane as well. So, uh, yeah, lots to enjoy down there at the moment. Yeah, the, the ladies are now sort of getting back to sort of regular games, which will be really helpful for them because they've got a lot of sort of novices in their group Um uh, they sort of had the real high of winning the Scion back in November and then after that they were looking to build on that and unfortunately pretty much before Christmas and throughout January they haven't really had any fixtures to play so now they're getting back on the pitch regularly um, they had a good win last weekend they got another home game I believe next week so um, Steve Evans and his um, coaching side will be um, hoping to just continue building some momentum and, and move further up that table Yeah, fantastic um, What's your paddleboarding skills like, chaps? <laughs> <laughs> I've never stable? given it a try, but I've, I've never been a particularly sort of balanced individual. So I've never wanted to do any sort of skiing or anything like that. So sort of out in the water, I don't think I'd be much cop. So I thought, because I've snowboarded a couple of times and I, you know, I can get down the, down the mountain sort of in reasonably competent fashion. But I've, I've been on a paddleboard a couple of times and I just cannot get the balance. It's, it's embarrassing because it just looks so tragic when you're, I just, you know, you're sort of wobbling from side to side, then the arms are going out and it's like, oh, It looks horrendous. a great thing to do because often sort of in the summer when I'm out reporting at um, Langcrest on the Gulf, you can see the paddleboarders out in the Pem Pembroke Bay and it, it looks just a great thing to do. But yeah, I'm a bit like you, Tony. I'd, I'd rather actually stick to playing golf because at least you're on sort of dry <laughs> land and pretty stable footing then. Well, the reason I 
ask is because um, Guernsey now has an outdoor and adventure sports development officer. Stand-up paddleboarding sort of uh, falls under that remit. So maybe maybe this is someone that I'll be going to for a bit of coaching and uh, see if I can actually uh, yeah, manage to, to stay, on the, stay on two feet. Um, Alan Jenner is the, the man who's taken up the role. He is a, or has been a stand-up paddleboard coach for a number of years. He's sort of hoping to make a real focus of the new facilities down at the, the Vallette bathing pools. Um, another development officer to add to the, the, uh, the sort of growing number that the Guernsey Sports Commission are uh, kind of helping facilitate. Um, so that's really interesting and exciting to see. And I caught up with him to find out just what the role is going to entail. Basically from uh, an island perspective, there's so much opportunity um, within the island to, to head down to the beach. And it's really just um, to encourage people to use the world-class facilities we have on the islands. Um, there is um, activity friction with outdoor um, sports, so that's based around the amount of effort it takes to get um, to the beach, um, and then when you're on the beach, getting into the water, etc. Um, so we're trying to. Um, my role is going to try and break down that friction as much as possible, and make activities as um, accessible as we can to the community. Awesome. And outdoor and adventure sports, I guess, quite a wide remit. Um, what activities and pursuits kind of fall under that umbrella? So the core um, element is swimming, so water confidence and getting people confident with um, entering the water um, and we're going to empower them as much as we can to do it safely and then from then um, we, uh, we want to give them the pathways to activities like uh, surfing, co-steering, supping, kayaking, fishing, all those activities. If we give them the core skills um, around water safety, then the pathways we want to, to offer as much as we can um, around uh, the coastline as, as possible. Obviously what's going on down here will provide a real focal point for what you're trying to do. I suppose these are things that will happen all around the island, but to have, yeah. to have this new um, facility or the, the, this new kind of hub for this sort of stuff, how much of a boost and a focus is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be brilliant. I mean, as a, the idea or the plan that um, I'd like to try and um, achieve is uh, a water skills academy. So we have a base, a stepping stone um, for the community to, uh, to do whatever they want to do in their, their um, activities, adventures. Um, and we can do training down here. And whatever someone's challenge is, maybe it's swimming um, to home, which is great, but also other people's their, their challenge is to get in the water for the first time. So wherever their, their challenge is, we want to be there for them um, and to have the pathway if they want to develop those skills um, going forward. And, and for you, in one, three, five years, what will success look like in terms of this role? Success will be a water safety programme and strategy in the islands. Um, a lot more instructors here being able to teach swimming and water confidence um, and a framework around that for pathways to adventure sports and for this fantastic um, uh, uh, facility here to be utilised um, to its maximum capacity. Brilliant. And just finally, for you, obviously someone who's been involved in this kind of area for a while, um, someone who's clearly got a lot of passion for it, how excited are you to see it recognised by the Sports Commission and, and I suppose being sort of brought into the fold of, of uh, activities and sports that have traditionally been supported? Sure. 
I mean, all the outdoor activities at the moment have their own expertise. Um, and so there hasn't been a, a, an interface between um, those activities. So uh, the chance to provide that opportunity, I think, is, is fantastic. And it's been needed for some time. So the Commission have recognised that. Um, and I think it will be an outstanding contribution to the community. So really looking forward to it. Alan Jenner talking to me there about his new role as Guernsey's first outdoor and adventure sports development officer. Uh, all the best to him for that. Interesting to see how it develops. Right, just before we go, a couple more things to mention. Um, well, football for one, GFC are back home for the first time in a few weeks on Saturday. So um, I'm sure the fans uh, will be absolutely uh, looking forward to that one. And we've got our first interinsular football in two and a bit years, whatever it is, um, two years. Uh, the under-18s going over to Jersey on Sunday for the Junior Marathi, the Centenary Junior Marathi. So best of luck to them. Back here in Guernsey, uh, I think you'll be down at the hockey, will you, Gareth, on Saturday? It's really hotting up. I know. It's um, another twist in the, the Men's Division One title race last week when um, the, the current leaders, Yobos, they took a 2-0 lead against Champions Indies. And you're sort of thinking, well, this is sort of knocking Indies out of the title race for sure. It should have been a three-way title race. And then... Next thing you know, Steve Waldron has scored four goals and um, Indies have beaten Yobos and uh, they're right back in the hunt now. So it, it, um, it's a real tight battle at the top. Uh, Yobos still lead, but they've played a game more than, their, than, Yob, uh, than Indies and Colombians have still got two games in hand. Colombians play Yobos this weekend, so it's another huge game. Um, and it's, it's getting to the stage now where um, uh, it's so hard to call that... It, it, a lot depends on almost on what, what sides teams can put out on a weekend. I mean, last weekend, Yobos were missing Matt Stokes, which was a big loss for them. Um, and it probably made a difference, certainly in terms of fatigue. So you, you need to be able to rotate a bit more um, in those big games because you certainly um, you, the adrenaline can only take you so far. Um, so it'd be interesting to see um, who, who's playing for them this weekend. And if Colombians can pull off a win in that one, I wouldn't like to... Um, cool who's going to win the league yeah brilliant um let's leave it there just a quick uh, nod to next week we're going to be talking netball um the title race there hotting up as well and we've got some really good news some really positive news on the interinsular front uh, for netball jamie Yep, so we're now looking at 21st and 22nd of May as the dates for the 2022 Interinsula. Um, it has been a good while. Um, last Interinsulas for netball were back at Boats Azure in March 2019. Uh, amid COVID, it's been a, they've been particularly affected and haven't really had an awful lot of competition against different teams of them we've had in the local league so yeah it'll be a great opportunity for players all ages i mean what isn't happening on the weekend of the 21st 22nd yeah. of may <laughs> that's the thing well, well i think there's i think sam cup in jersey marathi no no sam oh, no, cup, <laughs> cup here marathi in jersey, jersey women's marathi in jersey and some cricket to the boot hopefully some cricket yeah that one's still that's been penciled in for that weekend um Yes, it, it, there's going to be a heck of a lot going on. I'm not sure exactly where we're all going to be, but um, we'll certainly be trying to bring the best coverage we can yeah. from a very, very busy yeah. weekend. It's great that all these interinsulars inter inter can now go ahead. Um, just wish they could be a bit separate, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> we'll be talking more about the netball interinsula next week. Um, cheers then, guys. Uh, have a good weekend and we'll see you soon. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.